0: The makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil, Purine and Pret Cooking Fat, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, Maple Margarine, and Niblets Cheese Twists present the Epic Casebook. In which Inspector Carr investigates.
1: Good evening. Although I've now been a South African citizen for over a score of years, I still relish what I regard as the finest climate in the world. Here we are now in the midst of winter, and yet despite the cold wind, the sun is shining and the skies are quite beautiful blue, or at least it is as I sit in my garden writing these notes for my program. Strangely enough, when I first set foot in South Africa, I was most disappointed a rather unpleasant drizzle of rain being whirled and swirled by a vicious east wind, and when my friends who had come to meet the boat endeavoured to reassure me that, although spring had arrived officially, the weather they were experiencing was most unusual, and that soon the clouds would disperse, the wind would subside, and I would get to know the joys of South African sunshine, I remained unconvinced. But not for long. The first few days of disappointment had a salutary effect, for, as my friends predicted, when the sun did shine, I knew then that I had arrived to live in a country with one of the best climates in the world. Why all this? Well, one of the persons meeting me on my arrival was an ex-colleague of mine who had retired and who, in fact, influenced me to emigrate. It was thinking of him that called to mind a spring day in London. I was walking across Trafalgar Square en route to New Scotland Yard when a paperboy shouted the news of a murder that was to create quite a sensation at the time. Let me tell you about it. I've called my story The Traffic of Death. Yes, it was a pleasant spring morning, all right. A shower of rain had given the air a touch of brilliance. The sun was causing a million sparkles as if each raindrop were a diamond. The thought of sitting at my desk wading through the police reports, Interpol's list of wanted murderers, etc., made me wish I'd taken up farming or market gardening. And then I heard the youngster.
2: Read all about it! Read all about it! Murder on the M1! Man's body found mangled.
3: And the
1: paper, sir? Yeah, you, my young friend. Are you the harbinger? It's in the the watch. Oh, never mind. No, here you
3: are. Ah, it's in the stock press if you want to know about the murder, Inspector Carr. <sighs> oh, well, such a shame.
1: And so it was. A saloon car had been found telescoped against a pylon on the M1. A patrolman went to examine the car and its occupant, a middle-aged, prosperous-looking man in a dark suit. He had brownish-gray hair and a heavy moustache. His face had been badly cut and he was unconscious. The patrolman rushed to the nearest first aid kiosk. Having ensured that an ambulance and medical assistance were on his way, he returned to the car. The man was missing. Instead slumped against the wheel was a young man in his late twenties he was dead and yard had been alerted spring raindrops in the sun oh well even a detective can dream car? Uh,
0: Murder on the M1, sir.
1: Yes, I've been reading about it in the stop press.
0: The county police have asked for our assistance, sir.
1: Fine. Anything further since the newspaper story?
0: Yes, sir. The body's been identified. His name is Arthur King.
1: Mm -hmm. Anything else?
0: Yes, sir. 28 years of age. Married. Police record. Released from prison nearly a year ago.
1: Married, eh?
0: Yes, sir. Address? 26 Stepney Green.
1: Well, what about the man, this, this middle-aged man, now missing? Was he alive when the highway patrolman saw him?
0: The patrolman says he was unconscious. He thinks he was still alive because his cut face was still bleeding.
1: Well, that's conclusive enough, Proof. Oh, and the car. It Trace its origin.
0: Yes, sir. The owner reported it stolen early this morning.
1: hmm Where's the body?
0: It's at uh, it, the Luton Hospital. I've got the report here, sir.
1: Right. Read it to me, please.
0: Uh, casualty report signed by Dr. Stephens... The examination of the body shows that the casualty did not die from injuries resulting from a motor collision. Uh Cranium wounds clearly indicate that the victim was struck with a blunt instrument.
1: The medical report disposed of the theory that the young man met with an accident whilst driving north in order to dispose of the stolen vehicle. I gave instructions for the patrolman who reported the incident to await my arrival at the scene where he came across the car and the body. Uh, is that it over there, Sergeant Wilson? Yes, sir. That's the patrol officer, sir, standing by the car. Oh, yes, thank you. I gave him your message, sir, that he wasn't mistaken, that it was murder, all right. George, this is Chief Inspector Car. Oh,
3: good morning, sir. Hey, good
1: morning, Mister Markstead. I'm sorry we're a bit late.
3: That's all right, sir. I don't know whether I'm Arthur or Martha. Honest, I don't, sir. Some of the reporters are trying to suggest I have drop too much to drink.
1: Oh, I shouldn't take too much notice of them. Well, lucky it hasn't rained. Yes. sir. Now then, you came by here, I understand, at four o'clock this morning, eh?
3: That's correct, sir.
1: Now uh, take a good look around. <laughs> Anything altered appreciably, apart from the fact that the body has been removed from the car?
3: No, no, sir, no. I made a drawing for the association. Yes? The skid marks are exactly the same. Um, uh, look, see. Uh-huh. The sergeant's made the chalk circles.
1: As the patrolman said, the skid marks were still clearly visible. It seemed that the car had skidded for about 20 yards before hitting the pylon standard. Patches of oil suggested a contributory factor to the skid. The entire bonnet had stove in. I don't want to keep you, Mr Moxted. I, I'm sure you could do with some shutter. I, uh, how is it you were on this road in the first place?
3: Well, sir, it's my job to patrol this stretch of the M1 from Linsdale to Luton. Yes. Uh, at approximately ten minutes past four, I was on my way back to Linsdale when I noticed this car here. I went over to examine it. There, there, was a, there was a middle-aged gentleman sprawled across the wheel. He looked in pretty bad shape.
1: Did you touch him?
3: No, no, sir, I didn't. Uh, as soon as I saw him bleeding like that, I rushed to the nearest kiosk to ask for the ambulance. Now,
1: uh, you were travelling in the opposite direction. Did you see anything of an
3: accident? No, sir. But you'll notice about ten yards further on, there's a, there's a steep rise in the road. It's impossible to see the oncoming traffic. That's why we've got that warning sign up there.
1: Yes. Do the you any idea when the accident took place?
3: Well, sir, so it could only be in a few minutes before I come along. The car was quite hot and the skid marks was clearly visible.
1: Engine running?
3: No, sir, no. Hmm.
1: Well, then what happened?
3: Well, when I got back to the car, I got the fright of my life. There was someone else at the wheel. As I see. How long had you been away? Well, now, the telephone kiosk is eight miles going north. Well, it couldn't have been made away more than a quarter of an hour, sir.
1: Mm hmm. Then what happened?
3: Well, for a moment, I, well, I thought I'd been dreaming. I reported the matter to the police sergeant. They took the youngster away in the ambulance and told me that he, he was dead. But I should call later at the Newton Central Police Station and make a statement. I did that later this morning. Then they asked me to, to be here at half past ten.
1: Now, are you absolutely sure that someone else was at the wheel when you arrived on the scene?
3: I take my oath on it, sir. Well,
1: thank you, Markstead. Oh, one more question. You're quite sure that the other man was alive when you saw him.
3: Positive, sir. The blood was pouring all over his face. He was sort of uh Breathing and groaning, if you know what I mean. Well, it's it's all so confusing,
1: sir. Oh, well, we're indebted to you. If you hadn't arrived on the scene when you did, it would have appeared as a simple accident, Carthy skidding into a pylon while driving his loot.
3: Oh, you believe me, sir. You don't think I've I've got something wrong with the with the top story? Oh, no, no, of course I don't. Now you run off home and get some sleep. Oh that's if I've been able to sleep after all this, sir. Well, goodbye, sir. Goodbye, Harry. Bye, Bye George.
1: Nice chap, then. Intelligent, too. I he's bewildered. All right, Sergeant Wilson. I want this area cordoned off. Someone placed on duty day and night until we remove the car. From now on, you're my assistant. Uh-oh. Thank you very much, sir. Now, those notes I gave you. What time did your local doctor on duty say King died? 2.30, was it? Yes, sir. Here it is. Hmm? Casualty report. Examined corpse, 5.30. Casualty killed instantly. Estimated time between 2 and 2.30 a.m. Ah, doesn't make sense, does it? How does a badly injured man get out of a car and disappear? And for that matter, how did the young man get into the car? If the times are accurate, the occupants were switched all in a matter of 15 minutes. It's a bit of a problem, isn't it, sir? Yes, it certainly is. Now, well, you'd better get back to your manner. Phone and ask operations to send out an alert. I want to know everything we can about the movements of this car from the time it was stolen. And I want every hospital doctor and everyone concerned to let us know if they had to treat a middle-aged man for serious injuries. Oh, and while you're about it, Sergeant, we'd better take a look at the hospital morgues, see if they've admitted any middle-aged dead this morning. Very good, sir. Meanwhile, I'll have a word with Mrs. King. If I'd expected Arthur King's wife to be the usual gangster mole type of companion to a hoodlum... I was in for a surprise. When I knocked at the door of a neat little terrace house that seemed to defy the squalid, paint-peeling tenements on either side, it was opened by a gentle-faced young woman, fighting hard to hold back her tears.
2: I suppose you're from the police.
1: Yes, yes, I am. Uh, my name's Carr, New Scotland Yard. Oh, may I come in?
2: Oh, sorry, of course. Thank you. Please sit down. Can I get you a cup of tea or anything?
1: No, thank you, Mrs. King.
2: I say the car was stolen. Seems I've lost the battle. he was so kind and loving. In the eight months we've been married, he's never raised his voice in anger. Always kind and... mm. I'm sorry. Come to ask me questions. Yes. Uh,
1: your husband's been murdered, Mrs. King. It wasn't an accident. Did you know that?
2: Yes, sir. I saw it in the paper. So it's just come back from the hospital.
1: Yes, I know. They told you we were there, identifying your husband. Uh, you say that you've been married eight months.
2: Yes. I didn't know I'd married a crook. I didn't know I'd got myself a husband and would end up with his head bashed in on the M1. I tell you this, Inspector. Now it's happened. I'm glad, do you hear? I'm
1: glad he's been killed. As Mrs. King poured out her bitterness, I began to wonder whether I would ever find the correct pieces to complete this extraordinary jigsaw puzzle. An unidentified, missing, middle-aged man who could be alive or dead. An embittered Mrs. King expressing pleasure at the thought that the corpse of her husband was found in the stolen motor car. What had embittered the young wife in the space of a few months? Mrs. King, you, you can't really mean what you just said.
2: Can't I? Look, Inspector, when I met Arthur, he told me that he was a stunt man with a film company. and He told me he was doing some secret service work. What's the use? I was gullible suppose I was a sitting duck, really. seems I'm fated to be involved in road accidents. Huh? My fiancé was killed not more than ten miles from where they found Arthur. I see.
1: He was
2: riding a motorbike. Some drunken driver went into him.
1: And yet... You say you're glad your husband is dead. And you say that he was gentle and kind.
2: Oh, you're a man, you wouldn't understand. A woman can forgive almost anything, but... She can't forgive lies. I had to find out about him for myself. When he'd come to me and said, Look, I've been kidding you. I've served time in jail. Don't you see, Inspector? I'd have helped him to go straight.
1: Yes, uh, I do see. Uh, When did you see your husband last?
2: Yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. He said he was going out on a job. When I asked him what job, he said I wasn't to worry. But I did worry. See, his friends had dropped hints, but he wouldn't ever once admit that he was doing anything dishonest. I half believed him, because I wanted to.
1: And you say he went out yesterday morning, wouldn't tell you where he was going?
2: No, I wouldn't.
1: Hmm. All right, Mrs. King, I won't bother you any more this morning. You've been under a great strain. I'll keep you informed if anything turns up.
0: Up. Operations here, Inspector. Oh,
1: yes, Ops. What have you got?
0: The next branch just comes through, sir. All rather negative, I'm afraid. Oh. Well, sir, there were 37 cases of admission to hospital this morning, but none of the casualties were driving on the M1 road. Well, that helps. There were very few cars on the road at that time of morning, sir. The owner of the stolen car... Yes, what about her? You know, Mrs. Marjorie Cunningham. We've got the background on her, sir. Mm-hmm. It's at 37 Loundis Square...
1: Yes, we've got that. What do you know about her?
0: Well, to do. Age 38. Divorced.
1: Hmm. All right. Thanks. Oh, hello, Wilson. Hmm. Let's hope you're more forthcoming than Hmm. Ops. What have we found out about King? As far as we know, sir, he was last seen alive at the Queen's Elm Fulham Road. About half past ten last night. Hmm. From then on, it's an absolute blank. So far, sir. Yeah. Well, there was no point in my sitting here, hoping for a revelation. No. They must find that missing man sooner or later. There's no such thing as must in the police vocabulary. You know that, Wilson. Oh, I think I'll have a word with the owner of the car.
4: I'm delighted they found the car, Inspector. Even though it seems badly smashed. I got quite attached to it.
1: Well, as far as Scotland Yard's concerned, madam, we didn't find the car. The car found us.
4: I I don't think I know what you mean.
1: Well, our job is to try and find the killer. Now, Mrs. Cunningham, when did you see your car last? Oh, about
4: 4.15 this morning, when I got back from the Nightingale Club. I see. Where did you leave the car? Outside. I was too tired to take it round the block to the garage. And when did you discover it missing? About 10 o'clock this morning. I looked out of the window and it was gone. What was that young man doing in my car?
1: That's what I intend to find out. Now get to it, Sergeant. Our only lead is the car. I want to know the garage that sold it, everything about its owner Mrs. Cunningham. Very good, sir. And the only thing I've got at the moment is that she's 38 and divorced. Here, here wait a minute. Find out about the divorce. Get on to operations. Car?
0: Here's the information you want, sir. Yes? Mr. Richard Cunningham was awarded the Green Eyes Eye. Mr. Herbert Lacey was cited as co-respondent. There's another interesting piece of information, sir. Well? This Herbert Lacey, he went in eight years ago. Twelve months for fraudulent evasion of taxes.
1: Thank you, Ops. Thank you very much. What's he doing now?
0: He and his brother run a thing called Lacey Imports Limited.
1: Quick work. Thanks very much. Wilson, Go to the rogues' gallery, have a look at the Lacey brothers, see if there's anything there. Very good, sir. Oh, and while you're at it, find out where Mrs. Cunningham has her car serviced. Right, Inspector. Uh, Whether you find anything interesting or not, as far as the Lacey brothers are concerned, I want them brought in for questioning. Look here, Inspector, I'm a busy man. What is it all about? All in good time. Do you know that a young man was found dead in a motor vehicle owned by Mrs. Cunningham? And what has that got to do with me? Well, here's a picture of a young man. Ever seen him before? Uh, Never. Now, look, Inspector, I have a look for Yes, you have, with me. The man was killed some 38 hours ago at half past two in the morning. Where were you? Now, look
2: here, you're not... Where
1: were you, Mr. Lacey? At home, in bed. What car do you drive? All right, don't tell me. I'll tell you. The number is MFH-236. It's an imperial. Right? Since you seem to know all the answers, I don't know why you bother to question Where's me. Where's your brother? My brother. Oh, come, come. Don't tell me you don't know you've got a brother called Peter. He's away. He's got a holiday. A motoring holiday? He doesn't drive, Inspector. Now, look here. I've had enough of this. So have I. Now, we've extracted this from what we call the Rogue's Gallery, Mr. Lacey never seen this picture before. Where did you get this? This is my brother, Peter. Wilson, Ask patrolman Moxted to come in. Yes, sir. Now, uh, Mr. Lacey, do you deny that your car, MFH 236, was on the M1 highway on the night of April the 25th or the early morning of the 26th? If it was, I wasn't it. Uh, supposing I told you... Oh,
3: oh come in, come in.
1: Ah, do you recognize this gentleman?
3: Yes, I do. No. No, 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 I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, You looked a bit like uh, the bloke I saw bashed about in a motor car. Uh, As a matter of fact... Stop
1: worrying, Marksted. Have a look at this picture. Recognise that?
3: Oh, yeah, that's him, sir, yes. That's the one I saw in a car. I swear it's... This is
1: nonsense. Is it nonsense, is it? Wilson, Sir. sir, get on to operations. One or two things I'd like you to find out, it's urgent. Tell them I want to know where Herbert Lacey of Chester House has his car serviced, whether it's been washed lately, how much petrol has been bought in the last three days, whether it's been seen on the road either yesterday or the day before. Right, sir.
3: What is all this about?
1: Murder. Or an accessory to murder, which is the same thing. I knew that at long last I was on the right road, that my investigation was beginning to show results. But that wasn't enough. Why? What was it all about? Why was Arthur King murdered? And what connection was there with Mrs. Cunningham and the Lacy's? I knew that I'd never get the answer to these questions until Peter Lacy was found. Not a trace anywhere. Do you still think... Uh, don't ask I... me to supply the answers now, as a good chap. I must be on the right road. If I'm not, then I might as well resign from the murder squad. There's no other possible avenue to explore. Where is he? Where is this Peter Lacey? Of course. Where else can he be? The most logical place. Mrs. Cunningham's What
4: on earth? Victor, it's ten o'clock at night. I
1: realise that. Mrs. Cunningham may come
4: in. No, I'm tired. Anything we have to say to each other can be said in the morning just as well. I
1: have a search warrant, Mrs. Cunningham. All right, Wilson, go through. This is our uh, You'd better breath. close the door if you don't want the neighbours to hear. Now, I may as well tell you, Mrs. Cunningham, that we have reason to believe that you are harbouring someone we wish to question in connection with the murder of King. Earth do you mean? Oh, I will take a look around. Right, sir.
4: I shall speak to my member of Parliament about this. does not anyone any rights in their own home?
1: Here is, sir. Ah. At last. Our accident victim, Peter Lacey. Uh, what do you want? You? I'm a police officer. I'm taking you inside on suspicion that you are implicated in the murder of Arthur King. Who did you bandaging?
4: Peter, you are not to say a thing. I hope
1: that the doctor who bandaged you isn't as involved as you two
4: are. You're talking absolute nonsense. I have nothing on us. Oh,
0: what's the use? It's uh, not your fault, Marjorie. Leave her alone. She had nothing to do with it. The state i mean. I... Well, you'll never get me to the gallows. Why did you do it? Well, he... He asked for it, opening his big mouth. Forty quid a week he was making out of us just driving to the docks and helping us in load then he began to tell me that he was Marjorie's lover I, I was a bit drunk and I I let him have it with a spanner I see what were you going to do with the body oh take it to an old chalk pit with you. then we had a skin on the M1 but she had nothing to do with
1: it I, I swear she didn't they not say so any more. You'll all be charged with complicity in the murder of Arthur King, and I must warn you that anything you now say will be taken down. Well, that's the story, Wilson. It's almost unbelievable, isn't it, sir, Mm. to have him killed at the docks like that? Well, they'd just taken some delivery of some contraband. Apparently, both young King and Peter Lacey had too much hooch on the ship that was smuggling the stuff into England... We found blood patches just by Ewalf. Oh, I see. So they shoved the dead body into the car. That's right. They were going to bury him in a chalk pit. Safer than throwing the body into the sea at the docks. I suppose the oil patches on the road were not the only cause of a skid. Peter Lacey must have been in a highly emotional state. Anyway, he crashes into the pylon standard. They could hear the noise of the approaching patrolman. Mrs. Cunningham gets out of the car, drags the dead body of King with her, moxted arrives, sees the injured body of the driver, goes off to get first aid. I wonder whose idea it was to substitute King for Lacey at the wheel of the smashed car. What does it matter? Fact is, the two brothers and Mrs. Cunningham returned to London, hoping that the switched bodies wouldn't be noticed. They'll get their desserts, thanks to the patrolman, and... Uh, Mrs. Cunningham. Mrs. Cunningham? Yes, of course. She gave the giveaway.
3: At approximately ten minutes past four, I was on my way back to Lindale when I noticed this car here. And yet,
1: when I questioned Mrs. Cunningham, when did you last see your car, Mrs. Cunningham? Oh,
4: about 4.15 this morning.
1: Which, of course, was impossible. How could a car found smashed on the M1 at 4.10 be parked by its owner in London at 4.15? Good
0: night. The Epic Casebook was produced by Michael Silver for the makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil... Maple Margarine, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, and Niblet's Cheese Twists, with Hugh Ross as Inspector Carr. Epic Casebook.